My best friend thinks she's Buffy. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's the season finale. I'm emotional. (laughs) And I'm Marley. (laughs) Good one. One of your (laughs) co-hosts. You just totally, like, grade three, like, I'm hungry, Mom. And they're like, well, nice to meet you, hungry. I'm Teresa. I'm Dad. (laughs) And who are you? I'm Jana. And how are you? I feel complete. (laughs) I feel... I have a lot of... I have a lot of feelings to express. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure whether to lay it all on you, my feelings, or if I should pepper them throughout the episode. Well, what do you feel in your heart? I feel like I'm going to be an egomaniac for a second. I'm going to talk about me, me, me. As per <laughs> usual. <laughs> so me, me, me says that I feel, and I can't even look you in the eyes right now. Okay. But I feel like If I was Buffy, I feel like I've had – I've never fought the master. I've never been bitten in the neck and then drowned. But in my life, I've had really massive, life-changing things happen to me, and I feel like you are my Xander. (laughs) I do. I ask you out and you say no. (laughs) Okay, not in that context. You – you are Xander in the five minutes where he is like, fuck the prophecy, fuck what's written, we're going down there, we're going to do CPR, we're going to go fu- to, to the fucking sewers and save Janna <laughs> when she goes into the pits of hell and <laughs> and doesn't do so good. That's how I feel. I feel like this episode is all about friendship, mm-hmm. and I think it's all about Facing your fears and not letting them be, um, not letting them become prophecy, not letting, not, not really resisting this idea of, um, something everybody believes about you or something everybody believes is going to happen to you being the only thing that matters. Um, what you resist persists. Yes. And these self-fulfilling prophecies are things that in our own lives we can identify all over the place i think it's it's anxiety too like uh, this is going to happen to me and i can't control it and yeah. you know instead of maybe embracing or uh, just letting it happen <laughs> yeah but you were the one who wanted like we both wanted to do this podcast mm-hmm. but you were the one who was like we're doing it tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> oh you're you're on your camping trip okay so we'll do it when you get back tomorrow like <laughs> And I was like, yeah, totally. I want to do it. And, and you know, we we both love this and we both love doing it. But, yeah, I feel like in a, in a way, I think, okay, this is getting – I'm getting ahead of myself. I know. <laughs> I know I am. Everybody at home, I know I've probably lost you. But, like, for real true Buffy fans, I'm going to say something. It's not a spoiler. But I believe Xander is the heartbeat of this show mm. in a lot of ways. 
I think it's there in this season, and I think it's there throughout the entire series. And you do that in my life. It's a very special season finale. <laughs> so before we all cry, um, or, or everyone cries in this episode, <laughs> it's true. We do yeah. everybody, and everybody gets their heart broken mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. So really, I guess let's watch the stitch it up. Yeah, we're gonna go through this last episode of the season. Wild prophecy girl. Prophecy Girl, episode 12. Oh, my God. Uh, so, last episode, let's just do... A... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was literally trying to remember what happened last episode. Oh, yeah. Marcy, Invisible uh, Girl. What, is, what was it called? Um, Out of Mind, Out of Sight. Out of Mind, Out of Sight. Yes. So, uh, Invisible, Demon, or she wasn't a demon... She wasn't she a demon. She just um, became invisible because yeah. no one cared about her. And because she lives on the Hellmouth, so that's the symptom of neglect. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it, it, there's just magic in the air. And the as we see in this mm-hmm, episode, mm-hmm. The, the magic of the Hellmouth is growing stronger and it's permeating through every part of Sunnydale. Absolutely. So it kind of ties to this episode. Yeah, they don't say it, but in... <laughs> Its proximity to this episode makes you think that Marcy, what happens to Marcy is because of this build in mystical energy, of evil energy, and of power that the master is uh, cultivating to eventually break free from his uh, little little jail. His his little candlelit um, (laughs) room. (laughs) Cave of Wonders. Yeah, below the library. Uh, I guess. Yeah, amazing. Oh. Below the oh yeah, uh, amazing reveal. Yeah, in this episode, uh, I feel like we always knew it was under the school. Yes, you, you did. Know? You said it. You said it. Remember? Okay, I have some uh. things to say now. You <laughs> knew it that there's an episode a while back where there's a transition where we go from the master directly oh. up into the high school. You all but said it. You all yeah. but said is the Hellmouth directly underneath the high school. And I, like, like a good girl, mm. was like, oh, maybe. Good observation. <laughs> good idea. <laughs> wow, you're a good actress. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I'm a good friend. I'm a good co-host. <laughs> you are. <laughs> so it is under amazing. I caught it. So good. <laughs> so good. So what we go to this episode, and Xander is um, practicing his um, ask-out on date <laughs> speech to Willow, uh, and he's practicing to ask Buffy on a date. Yeah. So this is they brought this back in. You kind of, I kind of thought like they were done with that. Yeah. Because it's been sort of like buddy time Xander for the past couple episodes, and I was like, great, let's be done with that. But yeah. they kind of had to have this last actual conversation about this. Yes. Um, <laughs> did you ask people out? Yes. You would. I did. I was I was very forward. I got rejected a lot. And I also had a lot of successes. I also had a lot of wins. Yes. I think that's the way it goes. Oh yeah. Yeah. As I learned later on. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no, like 50-50. It's pretty it's also like the law of like randomness. It's yeah. like always gonna be kind of fifty fifty. Um is that the law? I don't know. It's the law. <laughs> the law. It's it's hard, and especially in high school, 
you know, practicing. What are you going to say? Did what are you, you going to wear? I never asked anyone. <laughs> they all came to you. They did. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> You're so cool. <laughs> oh, I just, I always had little boyfriends, but <laughs> I never asked anyone. Yeah. So Xander is, like, working his way up, and Willow's, like, goo-goo-eyeing him, like, yeah. I wish he'd ask me out. Um, She's such a good friend. Yeah. That's hard. And she also has a moment of, like, some true, true backbone. Yeah. In this episode as well. No, it's lovely. It Yeah. Um, everyone does a really excellent job in this episode of going through their highs and lows. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Uh, and then... Uh, we go to Buffy's, and Willow's like, where, where is she? She's out doing her thing. Um, and we cut to Buffy, like, slow-mo fighting a vampire, like, punching. and <laughs> Yeah, slow-mo getting her ass kicked at yeah. first while Cordelia's making out with Kevin. In a car. Yeah, very steamy. steamy. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. I love Cordelia. And they're like, what's that? Um, yeah. And it's just Buffy slow-mo fighting. Uh, and she dusts the vampire. She does. And, and then we see Giles in the library, and this is when he is looking through the codex. Yes. Okay. That Angel gave him. Yeah, which is this ancient book of prophecies, and all of them are true. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Is what we learn. And he, we see him read something about the master... Um, and I, I guessed it immediately. I was like, oh, neither can live while the other survives. It's Harry Potter. Voldemort. Yeah, you Harry Pottered it. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and Jaws looks like freaked out. Yeah. Freaked out about it. Uh, and then uh, the like little button before the credits is his T. Starts shaking like Jurassic Park. Like, <gasps> yes. <laughs> yes. And then uh, there's like a massive earthquake where the school gets like cracked in half. <laughs> yeah. Everyone feels it at the bronze. <laughs> Cordelia and Kevin feel it in the steamy car. Buffy feels it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giles's T smashes and the the T trickling along the floor is the transition into the into the hellmouth below mm-hmm. and it's just the master just vibing with that <laughs> he's like 5.1 earthquake yeah yeah i didn't get it he was like what do you think is it a 5.1 <laughs> well he says i think he he like he says almost like some preachy preachy text where he goes glory glory, oh, glory. yeah and then he turns to the it stops the earthquake mm-hmm. stops he says, it's almost my time. This is a good sign. Blah, blah, blah. Glory, glory. Turns to Colin, the anointed Colin. one, and he goes, what do you think? 5.1? And then it's... Very good. Yeah. Love the master. Yeah. So happy to see him back. And then Buffy comes to see Giles. Is this the moment you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. So she comes in, and she's like, I've been doing so good. I've been out doing my homework. Giles, yeah. why don't you care? I broke a nail. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, you got to get out of here. I'm just too frazzled. Like, he's freaking out. He hasn't slept, and he looks all more disheveled than I've ever seen him. Yes. He's always put together, so it's, it's disturbing. Yes. Something's wrong. Something is wrong. Mm-hmm. And he won't tell Buffy. No. Uh, and Buffy's like, oh, whatever. I have uh, to go to biology. My worst nightmare. Uh and uh, and so she meets up with Xander and Willow, and then Xander's like, get out of here, Willow. I'm going to do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have the great Joss Whedon talk where they're like, the thing, the thing that I have. That's right. I have to go do the thing. Um, 
Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Pat is my audition piece. Uh, uh, the monologue about the thing. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> And so they sit and have a little ask-out scene, and it's so sweet. And Nicholas Brennan is so sweet and genuine. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to go out with him. He's so cute. Like, Yeah. But I think Buffy's so legit being like, but we're best friends, and this will ruin everything. Yeah. And I don't like you like that. Yeah. She says, no, I don't like you like that. Mm-hmm. And then in his moment of pain... Upon hearing that, Xander says, I guess I have to be a dead guy for you to like me. And she's like, harsh. Like, that's harsh. That's uncalled for. That's cruel. I'm allowed to not be fucked up or, like, diagnosed as being super fucked up to not want to go on a date with you. I don't have to be crazy to not want to go on a date with you. I can just not want to go on a date with you. Yeah, for any reason. Exactly. For any reason. But – and Xander does – this is in his character to kind of yeah. go to the hurt place and yeah. to be a bit mean yeah. when his fifis are hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but that's very teenage, teenage boy, teenage it's all, girl. It's, it's all, all people too. And all people. They lash out when they're in pain. And taking it really personally. I mean, yeah. it is personal, but it's also kind of not when you think about it. It's not about you at all. It's about, you know, that person just doesn't like you like that. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. There's lots of people. But Xander, he's, he's so cute. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I didn't know Giles' first name was Rupert because he reveals this on the phone when he's phoning Cortona. He's phoning somebody. Yeah, he's phoning somebody. To check on the codex. I don't know. He's he's trying to um, work all his connects to try and see how this prophecy can be stopped or if there's another reading of it or something. Yeah. But did I know his name was Rupert before this? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. His name is Rupert Giles. Yeah. And Rupert is actually a very cute name. <laughs> inspired. Rupert Giles is a great name. Yeah. Oh, and you're just going to learn even more about Giles. Can't like, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Can't like, wait. Kind of my favorite character. Yeah. They planted a lot of really good seeds in this episode in particular, which will make sense later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... And then Miss Calendar comes. Ooh, so And she's hot. like, what's the sitch, Giles? Yep. Cats are having baby snakes. Yeah. Uh, a boy was born with his eyes inside his head the wrong way. <laughs> the wrong way. <laughs> Whatever. I was like, ugh. And they went, someone went swimming in a lake that started to boil. Yeah, freaky. These are all freaky things. She's like, I know the apocalypse is upon us. Um, and so she's basically inserted herself into the gang. She's like, listen, I know what's afoot. I'm a techno-pagan. You can trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I helped you put that demon, that internet demon back in the book or whatever she says. And you were just like, uh, internet uh, demon. <laughs> I think she's, she seems trustworthy to me. She helped them. She knows magical things. Like mm-hmm. she's not just a muggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the calendar behind them in the office says June 1997. <gasps> So it's the end of the school year. We knew it was, but but uh, I guess, well, 12 episodes, it's it's not one every month, but it's like every three weeks is yeah. like an episode, yeah. which makes sense to me. And then Xander is telling Willow he got rejected. This is when Willow has the backbone. Yes. Xander's like, well, why don't we just go together? It'll be fun. And she's like, No. That's not my idea of a good time. It's not going to be fun because I know what you're going to do. We're going to go together and then you're going to ignore me. 
and look at Buffy all night. So, like, no, I'm not doing that. And that's awesome. Yeah. Like, Willow growing some backbone and being like, we're friends and we can go as friends, but it's not going to be that. And I'm not going to be your second choice. Like, no. And she just says, I'm really sorry you're you're in pain. See you tomorrow. Yeah. Like, you're allowed to be in pain, but I can't fix you. Yeah, or just, like, keep enabling yeah, the, this. the thing You got your happen. answer. Yeah, so deal with it, you know. And um, then he says he will, and he does exactly what he says, which is listen to country music, the music of pain. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Buffy is in the bathroom, and then she turns the sink on, and it pours blood out of the tap Ooh, la, la. into the sink. Another apocalyptic thing yes. that's happening. It's pretty amazing, all the shit that yeah. the master are doing. Yeah. It's awesome. And then Angel goes to see Giles. It's interesting because he's, like, hung out with Giles, like, a few times yeah. now. They're, like, friends, yes. kind of. Giles kind of likes him. He's like, you're smart and know about things. Well, you have you, – they're kind of a really – they aren't kind of. They are a good team because Giles has the book smarts. Giles is the watcher. And then Angel has the lived experience. Angel is an old-ass vampire who's definitely met some slayers. You know he has. Yeah. Or – you can only guess that he's met some demon hunters in his day and that he's seen or been a part of trying to end the world maybe once or twice if he was that badass a vampire. Yeah. So you have – they're a pretty unstoppable duo. And if anyone can crack the prophecy code, it's them. Yeah. So they're the perfect people for Buffy to walk in on because if they're fucking worried and if they're scared, there's no way that Buffy's going to think her way out of it. You know what I mean? It, it's it's just really important that it's not like Xander and Willow fretting. It's the demon rock star boyfriend and the smart uber dad figure are yeah. fucking worried. The, yeah. And she's like, oh, my God. Uh, this is an amazing scene that yes. happens because, you know, Giles reveals like tomorrow Buffy will face the master and she will die. And she hears it, and to hear that you are going to die uh, as a 16-year-old, like, it's just really interesting to write that scene and to be like, what what would happen to you and what emotions would you go through? And, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar, she's, I feel like she will get even better, like, an actor as the seasons go on because she's quite young and sometimes... Sometimes, it, you know, it's a bit of a hit or miss because she's so young. But this was really great. It's very lovely and genuine. And, and she's pissed. Um, she's like, well, I fucking quit. I quit. And fuck you guys. And I don't want to die. I'm 16. Yeah. Oh, and you'll just get another one. I'm just disposable, right? Yeah. Into every generation a slayer is born. And it's her responsibility to do this. And well, to die. And to die. To be like a sacrifice. Exactly. For the world. And like to have that. As your knowledge, like, going into, I don't know, anything, her, her job, yeah, how could you do it? How could you even try even half-heartedly to do it if you knew, like, you're just meant to be a sacrifice? Which is a comment on this entire genre. Mm. So this is very important. Later on in the episode, the master says, you still don't understand your part in this. You are not the hunter. You are the lamb. Mm. That is what this is. She doesn't understand. We are reminded we've gone through 11 episodes thinking that Buffy is – she's the main character. She's the slayer. She's the one that this world revolves around. That is put into jeopardy in this episode. Mm-hmm. We are told that she must die. 
and we are immediately reminded of, oh my god, is she going to die and then this, the whole rest of the series is going to just be a new slayer? Are we just going to get a new girl who is going to also just get killed? Like, mm-hmm. And if you look at the greater genre of horror movies where people like Sarah Michelle Gellar would be cast, they would be the one who gets slaughtered. They would be the lamb. And she does in horror movies. Yes, exactly. Which is very funny. So they're they're making this this comment about this is your role in this kind of story. This is your job. Your job is to die. Mm-hmm. Your job is to get killed by the more powerful thing and to die. We're going to get out of this somehow, but it's not going to be at your it's not going to be by your hand. Mm-hmm. So that's what this episode is is commenting on the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's heavy. It's heavy. And she also says, I quit. And they go, no, 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 don't quit. We're going to figure it out. And she just says, I quit. Pay attention. Like list, like that line when she says that pay attention is like, listen to me. Shut up and listen to me. Nothing you say is going to change my mind. And I'm allowed to make choices. Yes. You know, yeah. I'm 16 and I don't want to die. Yeah. Of course. Damn. It's heavy. It is. Uh, which is great because this episode needed to be heavy. And and I think we needed to be reminded that Buffy could die. And that Buffy doesn't think about that frivolously. Like she may other things. She doesn't want to die. No. So after this scene, Willow is at her computer. <laughs> and she sees her little picture of her and Xander. Mm-hmm. So cute. Like. She's, like, piggybacking. I know. <laughs> it's so cute. And then she's, like, oh, and she goes to phone Xander, and he's just still listening to country. <laughs> and he just picks up the phone, hangs up, and then leaves it off the hook. <laughs> he's swallowing. So cute. Uh, and then uh, Buffy, we're, we're um, at Buffy's house, and then Joyce shows up for a little, little Joyce scene. Yeah. Uh, After dinner. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh hey!" Uh, and uh, Buffy's like, "Let's let's leave. Let's just get away from this place." <laughs> and then Joyce says, well, "You know the gallery's open on weekends." <laughs> Damn, uh, she works every day of the week. I guess. I think so. I mean, I work at a museum where we're open on Saturdays sometimes, but we trade Saturdays. We don't work every Saturday. <laughs> well, you should trade with Joyce. Yeah, she needs to get a second employee. She works eight days a week for sure. Eight days a week. But um, she's a working mom. She's she a is, cool mom. She is a working mom. Mm-hmm. She's trying to b- get enough money to buy Buffy that sweet white dress. Why do they live in this massive house if they can't afford food? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, because they still have to have a cool house. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But she does. She did do a nice mom thing, and she noticed Buffy like this beautiful white dress, and she bought it for her mm-hmm. for the for the um, spring fling yeah. or the prom. I don't know. I think it's called the spring flim, flim, flim. <laughs> the spring fling, but I think it is the prom. But what? <laughs> I think the prom What's in the America, I think the prom in America is grade 12. Yes. Um, but you can go to it if you're not in grade 12? Uh, maybe. But I don't think, I think the spring, I think there's two separate things. Oh, wow. I if think senior had, year like, has. May dance or whatever it was. Yeah, the May queen. No. I know, I know. This is a new dance spring point. God, okay. yeah, they're so organized, <laughs> this school. I know. That's a lot of work to organize all these extracurricular dances. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Joyce has a nice little 
character development at this part. For I sure. found her, I was like, this is kind of the first time I really felt like Joyce was a real person. This is the first time she's ever talked about herself, really. Yeah. Other than being like, I was at the gallery. Uh, she talks about how she went to a dance alone, and that's how she met Buffy's father. Yeah. Which is really cute. Yeah. Uh, so I just, that was a nice Joyce moment to end the season on. That she is a real person. Well, and Maybe. obviously you have that you have that moment too, where Joyce is like, "What's wrong? Did the did someone not ask you? Oh, just not the right person." And then you know, Buffy being all sad and freaked out, and Joyce being like, "What's wrong with you? Is it written in a book somewhere that you shouldn't that you shouldn't get to enjoy this night or whatever?" Mm-hmm. And Buffy's like, "Touche, mom." You know, like <laughs> it it is actually written in a book somewhere yeah. that I won't get to enjoy it, but you know. Joyce gives her, in her ignorance, I think Joyce actually imparts some really important wisdom onto Buffy, which is that you are still in charge of you mm-hmm. until exactly the moment you are not. Like, yeah, yeah. and I, I do think Buffy sees that, and she sees the dress as being like, well, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out in style. Absolutely. And you can't take that away from me. There's like a reclamation of... Of, first of all, femininity mm-hmm. by doing battle in this fucking white fucking dress. Oh, we'll talk about the white dress. The dress. I'm going to leave that for some assembly required. Okay, great. It needs a thesis. I think right after this, Willow and Cordelia are kind of having a bonding moment. Yeah, Cordelia's like, help me with the tech for the dance. And Willow's like, fine. <laughs> And then they go, they're talking about boys. They're having a little, like, cute little bonding. Cordelia is nice in this episode, actually. Well, things have changed since the last episode. Like, she's the gang kind of, uh, she's sort of, she's not in the gang, but she's a bit more familiar. And she's more friendly to them. She's yeah. like, okay, fine, you saved my life, like, four times. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> fine. We can associate. Yeah. Uh, but then they go in the TV room where they're watching Looney Tunes, and then, like, there's, like, eight dead kids in there that have been sucked. The blood has been sucked out of them. And there's, like, a horrific bloody handprint on the Looney Tunes screen. You know that the vampires just went in there and had a party. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, Willow is freaked out, and then she even tells Buffy later, like, this is this is too much. Like, this, this was, I've seen dead bodies and i've seen vampires but this was like evil basically yes and there's almost like this was a you almost have willow saying this was a gratuitous loss of life like this none of them became vampires Mm -hmm. they were just drained drained and left here for us to find and to fucking freak us out and they infiltrated our world and our space yeah yeah it's freaky it's really freaky uh and then, oh, and Allison Hannigan, this is like, she has a nice little acting scene. So everyone kind of has their little nice little scene. Uh, so Buffy goes to her house and is talking to her and, and, and Willow's crying. Like she does a little tear and she's such a beautiful little genuine actor too. She is. Um, her and Nicholas Brennan have a very similar kind oh, of yeah. vibe. Hey, like a, a kind of baby There's an openness face. Yeah. And they're just them. so like lovely and genuine. Yeah. And, and they're so cute. Uh, so she has her cute acting scene. It's so cute. And you really see, Willow really describes being, you just said this, but she describes mm-hmm. being like deeply touched yeah. by this moment. 
which is something, you know, a point, a bone we've picked with the show up until this point, which is that that things don't seem to phase them in this way. Mm-hmm. And this is an exception. Yeah, this has gone beyond the pale yeah. too far. Uh, and it's freaking everyone out. Everyone's, like, full of dread because yes. they're like, the world is ending. Like, yeah. Uh, and then the master, then we just go to a little short thing where the master sends Colin to get, Buffy. Yeah. Uh, the anointed. It's time. It's time. Yeah. <laughs> and send them through the pipes. Uh, and Giles and Miss Calendar are chatting. Okay, and so then, it's here. Yeah, it's here. And Buffy comes in. And they don't know. I didn't really realize this, but they don't know the anointed is a child. And they don't know that that guy that Buffy killed in the crematorium wasn't the anointed one. That's right. I didn't really realize that until now. They don't know he's a kid. Yeah. But they figure it out now. No. Which I feel only lends to them, to their feeling of, like, lack of control about this prophecy. It feels like they were wrong about the Anointed One, which only can only mean in their mind that this prophecy is going to come true. Because they don't have the right information. They don't yeah. know what's happening. It's like chaos. This stuff happened without them knowing. Yeah. Yeah. And and then Giles, this is so cute. Giles is like, I'm going to face the master. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. I love him. Yeah. He's so brave. <laughs> well, and he's like, Buffy's not going to. I'm going to go. And and you can tell, too, that he's like, she's quit. And I, I'm going and, to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm his duty. I'm going to sacrifice myself. I'm going to put myself at risk for once. Yeah. Not that he hasn't before. He has. But... Not in the same way Buffy does. Yeah. And he's really going to do it. Like, you believe him. He's going to yeah. do it. Yeah. So cute. <laughs> and then Buffy just punches him in the face. She's like, no, I'm not going to let you do that. And just punches him in the face. <laughs> so funny. And Miss Calendar, like a good Scooby, puts a little coat under Giles' head and oh, is yeah. like, what? What? And she's like, tell him. When he wakes up, tell him I said something cool. Tell him I said it. <laughs> And then, and Buffy picks up the cross because she ripped the cross off and like threw it on the ground and she picks it up and puts it back on. Yeah. So now she's got her like her superhero outfit on. Absolutely. And then the anointed child comes and leads her to hell. Yeah. He comes (laughs) and he's like, help me. (laughs) I think that's what he says. Help me. She's like, listen. (laughs) I know who you are. Drop the act. And he's like, okay. (laughs) Gives his little hand, his little paw paw out. (laughs) (laughs) And leads her. And Xander goes to Angel's house uh, and is like, we're going to save Buffy together. We both love her. I know. They have to team up for love. Yeah. Even though they he, Xander does not like Angel. I feel like Angel's pretty indifferent to Xander. I think he's indifferent to them all. Yeah, except, yeah, for, Buffy. except for Buffy. He's like, oh, I've seen it all. Well, and he's out of practice with human connection. You can tell yeah. that Angel's character, he's not a social... Guy, he's been in like solitary, like self-loathing land for like eighty years or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, small talk or hanging out with Xander Harris is not his idea <laughs> of like a good time. No, <laughs> <laughs> but but I think again, it's cute. They're like putting aside their differences to like do the right thing and to save Buffy, yeah. who they both love. And again, I feel like this is transgressing the genre in a big way to have these two men both of whom don't have Buffy currently. Mm-hmm. She hasn't committed herself to either of them. They're like, we're going to help you. 
even though there's nothing romantic at stake for me. Like, sure, with Angel, there's more because they have unfinished business. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it's like we have to put our feelings aside and we have to help this woman. Yeah. So Colin leads Buffy into the Cave of Wonders and then he just leaves. And I was like, what the fuck? That was the point of the anointed child that's been in like seven episodes? Like, what? That was, that's terrible. That's terrible. Let's talk about what he's really there for. He's really there for to give the master someone to talk to. Like, that is truly his role. So he's not just in the cave by himself. Talking to no one or to meaningless vampires? Mm -hmm. Yes. I just, I was disappointed. I thought the anointed one was going to do something cool, like put on a demon face and... I or and fight or or something. Well, he's not dead. The anointed one is not dead. We didn't see him die. Yeah. I don't know. I just that's disappointing like that he did nothing. <laughs> that his job was to lead Buffy down, but like why ah, yeah, it's too bad. It just could have been cooler, I think. Well, and maybe well, it's fair enough, fair enough. Like it, it is I will I will I agree that that is Odd and anticlimactic. Yeah, it was totally anticlimactic. Yeah. I was I just wrote by Colin. By Colin. <laughs> I think uh, this the show chose to go with Buffy finding out about her prophecy and therefore facing it. Mm-hmm. Like facing Well, she goes to meet it. Yeah. And like Colin takes her there. Like willingly. But um the master doesn't know that she knows. Mm. Uh, the, so I guess the mass, the, the pro and the, this is also telling about the prophecy. The prophecy doesn't know that she knows Hmm. if the, the prophecy wouldn't need an anointed one, if it knew that the slayer was going to know and just take herself there. Mm -hmm. So for, for me, this is a clue that things aren't exactly how the prophecy was meant to unfold because Buffy would just go. She was on her way. Mm Mm-hmm. She needed Colin to show her which how to get pipe to the tunnel, get in. But she's been into that area because that was when they met Jesse and killed Jesse in episode two. They were in the pipe. They were in, they were down there, and yeah. Angel was like, "I'm not going with you, sorry, lady." Like in that like second oh, episode, yeah, because so she knows, he was like the master's down there. I'm yeah. not going near that guy. Yeah, and this is where uh, he says, "You are not the hunter. You are the lamb." Yeah. You, and it's it's so important. It's like you still don't understand your part in this. You are not the main character. I am. You I'm s- the main character. I And I am the killer, not mm-hmm. you. You are the prey. You are the victim. Yes. Girlfriend. And he's right for a time mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah. Well, and why would he, he think otherwise? He He's the master. He's... Uh, Giles says he's the oldest vampire on record. And he would be right if Xander didn't show up. She would be dead. Absolutely. Xander saves the world. This is my thesis of this episode. When you save the superhero, you save the world. (gasps) Just like Sam White, (laughs) who is the true hero of Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. But do you see what I mean? Like... The person, the one with the most strength, sure, they may bear the largest burden, mm-hmm. but the people who actually save the world are regular people. Mm-hmm. They're regular people all the time. This show does a really good job of not 
like hammering it over the head like I'm doing right now. But but <laughs> but that's like the the master would have gotten his way. The prophecy would have been true if Buffy didn't have people friends. in her life. Yeah, yeah friends. family. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and the show is, like you said, about friendship and family, which are, to me, the same thing. For sure. They are 100%. They're the same thing. And the master has none. He had Colin, who he, like, unnaturally made his family. But then Colin just fucked off. So yeah. nobody there for the master no, to help him. No, his role was over. He's backstage sipping his, like, cognac. He's not... <laughs> he done. He's not called for the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so the master has no one to help him, but he doesn't think he needs anyone. No. Well, he has his, like, little three-headed baby that he's like, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about what the fuck that is. So he, the master has his um, amazing manicure, and he's doing, like, Jedi powers. He's doing Dracula. Her. Yeah. This is Dracula. Which is, like, it's very creepy, this like, is, nail acting. This is Mina yeah, and she, Dracula. Yes. Dracula time. And she looks very virginal and yes. pure and, and everything. She is the bride, bride. for the Dark Lord. Yeah. Yes. On, on her wedding night, and he... And he's undressing her. Yes. It's so creepy. And he, he like pe- he fucking penetrates her yes. with his teeth. Yes. And yes. like and and drains her and yeah, it's it's great. Like it's so creepy, but it's excellent. Like yeah. and he like so creepy. And then he fucking drowns her. Yeah, she just falls in that pool. And again, there's a bit of an anticlimactic feeling for yeah. me in that moment. Cause you're like, what? You're not gonna make her into a vampire? And he's like, no. I needed her only – I used her. I used her only yeah. to get out of this fucking, uh, you know, my little bedroom, my Cave little bedrock bedroom. Wonders. Yeah. Yeah, I just wrote Buffy dead. I knew she couldn't be dead, but, yeah, it was – it's it's disturbing that she falls in her pool and, and drowns. And why is this hypnosis effective, do you think? Why is it effective? Yeah, why is she – What is that about for you? You know, hmm – like, is it fear? She's, <laughs> you're shaking your head. Yes, I, I got the right answer. I think ding, ding, first try, <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. I, I felt like it's like her fear control. Like, you know, when you're so scared and anxious, you're like paralyzed and you can't even move. So it's yes. like her fear overtook her and he could harness it. And he can it. control it. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I, yeah. That's what it is. And that's what it is for Dracula as well. Yes. Also... In Dracula, and I believe that there's a part of that in this episode, it's also forbidden desire. Mm. There is a forbidden desire to meet this fucker and to face this man. Well, and someone so powerful, like it's intoxicating. Yes. You almost want to succumb. Yes. Yeah. And just have it be over. Yeah. Have it be over. Just let this interaction Happen, happen and have it be over. Yeah. So, and in, and in Dracula, there's also like a huge sexual element, which we're going to see, which they play with the master a little bit, but we're going to see not that. over no. it, though. But it, it's it's there, but it's not like too much. No. It's not taking the focus from what's really happening. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Miss Calendar and Willow are like, Running around in, like, zombie land or vampire land. They're going to the bronze. That's what they're saying they're doing. Uh, Yeah, but they're just, like, running in a field. And then Cordelia just shows up in her car. It's like, get in! (laughs) It's so fun. I love this. Like, the girls are like, ah! 
<laughs> and then they're like, to the library. And then Cordelia just rams through the school. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> like Fast and the Furious, like, like, This is another thing I have to point out. Cordelia has been on Buffy about destroying her old high school, yeah. about setting it on fire and being uncool because of this. And then what does Cordelia go and do? destroys the high school. She drives her fucking, like, Corvette black, like, Lamborghini, teeny-weeny Lamborghini through the hallways of the school. It's so satisfying. Um, And I don't know if this is a theme that they destroy the school at the end of each season, but that's what I'm picking up. And that, do you like it? <laughs> I love it. Yay! Who doesn't like seeing things blown up? <laughs> I know, especially high school. Oh, yeah, it's very cathartic. Like, yes. Fuck you! Yeah. It's the end of school. Yeah. We'll destroy it. It's very funny. And then they're all just screaming in the library. <laughs> it's amazing. Cordelia's like, ah! Um, Cordelia has a great moment where she bites the vampire, and she's like, how do you like it? <laughs> It's so funny. Cordelia is just so funny. Yeah. She I is. love that she's kind of in the gang. You know, in the past few episodes, they've expanded the gang. Because the first half of the season, it was really just the core, like, four of them. Yeah. It was Willow, Xander, Giles, and Buffy. But then, you know, they add Angel in there. And now they add Miss Calendar in there. And then Cordelia is kind of coming in. Totally. So sort of just, like, adding people to the trusted crew. Totally. Um, which is fun. Uh, it's just fun to have more characters because they can have yeah, more diff- fun And scenes. different opinions. Yeah. And then Xander and Angel find Buffy, drown, and she's dead. Like, it's freaky. And she's, it's so awful. Like, drowned turns into, for me, drowned turns into baptism. Oh, rebirth. Absolutely. Like, at the hand of the fucking Dark Lord Masterman. Mm-hmm. Like, the Leather Daddy just accidentally baptized Buffy anew, and she is stronger Reborn. than ever. Yes. Yes. In her little white dress. Yeah. What do you get baptized in? Your little white dress. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, if you're, you know, anyone under the sun you and you are baptized, you are in a little white dress. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Xander performs CPR on her yeah. and brings her back. Yeah. He is like the savior. He resurrects her from the dead. Yes. Uh, and, and Angel can't because he doesn't no breathe. Breath. Yeah. It's, it's great. And and she's alive and she's stronger. Yeah. Why? Why why is she stronger? Just because to go through death? I think so. Like magic, like she's in this place. It's she's beaten the prophecy, all these things. I I think all of that is true and real. Mm-hmm. I think fighting the master wasn't as scary. Yes, he bit her and threw her in the the water, and that was scary. But I think there's a part of Buffy that goes, what is actually different about this than what I face every other day? What is that? I think there's a moment of inner strength that she's, this is cheesy, but that she's had all along, Mm. that she lets herself realize. I also think, you know, being saved by your best friend and having your really hot vampire boyfriend around doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. And, and also, <laughs> also, I will say, we know from vampire lore that when demons bite you, you have to bite them and suck their blood to become a vampire. Mm-hmm. You know, which is, which is a bastardization of how reproduction works. 
chromosomes from mommy and chromosomes from daddy or chromosomes from whoever intermingle and we get baby. Yeah. That is how baby vampires are made, too. You suck my blood, I suck your blood, we have a baby. It's a whole sucky thing. It's a whole suck fest, yeah. <laughs> but you also have the master has, has, has fed off of Buffy. He's been made stronger by her. Why shouldn't she be made stronger by him? Mm. And I, I think there's a loss of innocence, loss of experience, or loss of innocence, I should say, and, it, and it, it, she gains an experience that she was, you know, petrified of, that she makes it through. And so I guess it's metaphorical, and it's also just, like, literally what happens. What doesn't kill you makes, makes you, you stronger. stronger. Yeah. It's true. It's so good, though. It's so good. It's so good. And the master is, like, on building is he on the school he's on the school oh yeah he's above the library he's like my world yeah (laughs) and he's like sees all the demons and he's like ha ha like having a great master like he's like i've won but what is he gonna do i guess just rule the world yeah sure uh (laughs) he's won except for buffy and the gang and there's like the cool buffy music and she's stomping oh look a bad guy (laughs) (laughs) very buffy she's got her mojo back she does uh and her music her background music and it's great angel puts on his game face his vampire face Mm -hmm. uh and him and And he doesn't have to hide who he is in a way Mm -hmm. yeah and no one's like disgusted by him or surprised or something scared of him yeah he he can just do that, and that's who he is. Yeah, sometimes, uh, and they guard the door uh, <laughs> while Buffy has her thing with the master. Meanwhile, in the library, the what the fuck is it? A Venomoth? Is that what it's called? The thing? How did you catch that? I don't know. I don't know if that's what it is. I don't know. That's what I heard. That's amazing. I don't know if that's it at all. I have always called it the three-headed snake. Sure. Uh, I heard Vino Mouth, but well, I don't know. If you we heard that, look. that's got to be it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's got to be it. Uh, and it's like a, it almost like like it's like snaky, but it almost like planty to me too, like tentacles and I don't know. Yeah, some kind of weird creature from the depths. Yeah, coming to and a hell demon, and it's like the master's pet or something. He's baby like my or, baby. Yeah. <laughs> He's all about family. He's a family man. <laughs> His creature family. Uh, and and it's causing havoc and, like, destroying the library and everyone's running around and screaming and, you know, trying to, like, keep the demons at bay. And then Buffy has to have her final confrontation. Yeah. Uh, with Fruit Punch Mouth. Yeah. Okay. And because I you've called it Fruit fruit punch mouth all along and i was like the fuck are you talking about i guess it looks fruit punchy what does that mean uh but now i get it because buffy says that to him it's very funny because he has like a stained red mouth is that why it's like he it's like he's one of those kids who just like like lets juice just like sit on his mouth it's like all stained yeah around it's very funny (laughs) now i get it (laughs) I just thought it was a weird thing Grandpa, you called you it. Fruit punch mouth. Fruit punch mouth. And their fight, it's not very long. No. Which is great. It's fine. Like, it doesn't, It's it's been this whole season, kind of. Yeah. And the master is more of this, like, psychological yes. um, uh, 
threat, I guess. For like, sure. Uh, instead of a physical one, because he is very ancient and he's not really like, his leathers don't allow for that much like maneuvering. <laughs> no, and his power too is in, I mean, yes, his power is in influence and is in it's fear it's yeah that's and it's and even his like jedi tricks are all about it's the mind it's it's in the mind and so 100%. buffy it's not going to affect her she's she's over it she's kind of conquered her fear yeah and then she can destroy him she just has to destroy his physical form now yeah she she has she's destroyed um the other power that he that he has over her you have no power here yes uh and she throws him through the sunroof. I didn't know the library had a sunroof, actually. And, and he lands on a, I guess, stake-like piece of wood. Yeah, the, the library table gets smashed uh-huh. by the Vena Mouth and Giles having it having a battle mm-hmm. and creates this stake, which seems convenient. But if you think about this whole thing being a part of the prophecy, if this is what the prophecy actually was prophesizing... But you have to ask yourself about this episode. Was the prophecy wrong or did it happen just the way it should have? Probably just the way it should have. Yeah. Is what I think. It is also like a Jon Snow moment in the battlefield mm. when he when he has all the opportunity to be killed and somehow he's just not. Yep. Like Buffy dies and the fact that she doesn't stay dead means that this encounter with the master can't be that long. She can just kill him now. Yeah. She can just finish this Because now. the prophecy is done. Yes. It's um, been completed. And that's the danger of these prophecies. I always think that when um, books or where, whatever are, use prophecy, like, they're never what they seem. Yeah. They're never what they seem. And they can always be interpreted in many different ways. Yes. So you cannot just, like, live your life by the prophecy, um, which is kind of what the episode is about, too, mm-hmm. that, like, you decide your own fate. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's foretold, you still get to decide. Mm-hmm. And he's dusted. Yeah, sort of. Why is his skeleton still there? Dunno. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's so old, his bones won't dust. He his, every other vampire is just turns all into dust. Yeah. What I've seen. So his skeleton is there just for drama, is really what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> drama and maybe some trauma. Because it means we still have some master bones we have to deal with next time. Oh, sure. If we do. But, yes, it's true. He, he just looks like, um, he he looks like Jesus on the cross. Yes. Like, it's like his arms are outspread. And, I mean, the whole episode is kind of referencing, like, the cross, too. And, yes. Yeah. So he was the one to be sacrificed. Absolutely. And, and if you want to go to the Jesus route, it's been more than seven days. Or I don't know how long Jesus was in that cave. When he ris- when he had risen, mm-hmm. but there is very much so like the the master coming out of that cave is is very he Jesus has risen. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And Giles is proud dad at the end. Oh, so proud! I know it's so cute. Yeah, he's so proud. Mm-hmm. Um, we've really seen such a beautiful relationship develop between Giles and Buffy. Yeah, like I. Yeah, I wish I had a relationship like that when I was younger. That's it's hard for young girls and adult men to form relationships in our culture because Absolutely. there's so much bullshit uh, around that idea and there's so much 
breaking of trust. Mm-hmm. And there's so much distrust. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's it's lovely to see and to be like, this This can be, he can be your family. Yeah. He can be your dad. Yeah. Because your dad sucks, Buffy. We saw him once and never again, and I hate him. Yeah. He's a dick. And, and she can be your your daughter, your mentee, mm-hmm. your family, yeah. Giles. He doesn't really if you have would anyone. have an American in the family. <laughs> American. <laughs> uh, maybe just Buffy. Maybe just Buffy. <laughs> and and that's the end of the episode. Yeah, and then they go party. Yeah, which is great. They're like, oh, we look great. Might as well go party. Yeah. And Cordelia's like, yeah. <laughs> They're all like, yeah. <laughs> Even though I'm sure the bronze is fucked up too, but no one really cares in the town. They're like, oh, well, woo. So we've, you've. Where is the Hellmouth? Where is the Hellmouth? Yeah, where is the Hellmouth? I don't know. It's like, it comes from that cave, but it, is it more of a, like an idea? Like the I whole, think it is an idea. It's like, it's like the, the lines of the earth cross, and it's just one of those, you know how there are places on earth that were, uh, like I don't Bermuda know. Bermuda Triangle Yeah, or stuff. there's like magnetic uh, spots in the earth. There's just these places where the laws of nature and physics might be a bit strange like so that's kind of i think what it is but you said earlier that that like the master was underneath the high school mhm like i think that's the high school i think that the that the that the hellmouth in sunnydale mm-hmm. sunnydale is going is sunnydale is on a hellmouth mhm but literally the entrance to the hellmouth is that where that fucking Venusaurus yeah. guy came from. It's the Cave of Wonders, which is under the high school. Under the library. Yeah. 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 Uh, that makes sense to me, but it sort of permeates through the whole yes. town. Yeah. And that's where the convergence is yeah. right there. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, would you like to talk about some fashion? Do it. Okay. Uh, some assembly required. So there's quite a bit of... Lovely fashions in this episode. Talk to me about fashion. So the first kind of scene in Buffy's walking in the library, the kind of that uh, callback scene, she's got this little snakeskin skirt on. Maybe that's a weird, I mean, animal print, yes, of course, but it's made me think of the snakes birthed from the cat and animals and the snake, the headed monster, so. Absolutely. Yeah, snakes are... Uh, present in this episode, including yes. Buffy's lovely skirt. Mm-hmm. It's like shiny, satiny. It looks like it would ride up. Oh, yeah. As you walk. And in the land of the dry, staticky winter we live in, uh, that would be a no-go for me. No, there's lots of fashion that we just not pro- No, here, can't no. do it. <laughs> too short. <laughs> yeah. It's too cold. <laughs> Gotta wear like 30 leggings under that. And she, Buffy has like Real blonde bangs in this episode. Like, she just got her highlights of just her bangs. (laughs) Uh, Right in the front of her crown. And silver eyeshadow. Lovely. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I also just noted that Buffy's eyebrows are so thin. Like They are. Just plucked, plucked for the gods. Yes. which is just not the way we do our eyebrows these days. No, we don't we're, take them all off we're anymore. We're much more natural and don't do those little sperm eyebrows, which everyone was doing. Oh, yeah. 
Willow has this cute zigzag long sleeve. It's like knitted or crocheted. It looks like a stupid poncho. <laughs> and Cordelia even, Cordelia's like, I love your outfit. And Willow's like, no, no you, you don't. don't. She's like, no, I really don't. No, it's not good. Yeah. And then she's got like a burgundy pants and then burgundy matching shoes, <laughs> which is very 70s color, like a crochet thing and a like a burgundy, yeah. orangey pant. With her long hair. Yeah. It's very she's 70s. She's got a 70s vibe, but it's 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 not good. At least it's not fuzzy. Um, yeah. Or rubber ducky. It's not a rubber ducky shirt, so we're okay, <laughs> I guess. But Xander's outfit is fuzzy. It's all brown. It's yeah. the outfit he asks Buffy out in. Yeah. And he's just got khaki pants. Very Xander. He dresses like chocolate milk. And like a fuzzy brown. Yeah, brown is his color. Yeah. He's been in brown a lot this season. Ugh. Oof. Yeah. I don't know. Why choose brown? I don't get it. It's like a... I think they are really trying to make him plain because, it, like, as we saw in the pack, when you... When Xander Harris he's fe- he's is feeling big. himself, he's fucking hot. He's like a so, big chested man. Like yeah. His, his, he's like barrel chested. Yeah. So they have to hide him in these, like, fuzzy, ugly-ass Chocolate brown, milk shirts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he's rolling in dirt. Uh, yeah. It's, no wonder Buffy rejected his fuzzy shirt. Harsh. Harsh. <laughs> <laughs> and Cordelia, for a hot second, has a, like, cheetah skirt on. So, yes. like, uh, I, it's funny she thinks Buffy is, like, so such a loser because they wear the exact same outfits all the time. I know. Uh, you know, they should go shopping together. Mm-hmm. And then Joyce um, has, like, cool single mom clothes. Yeah, denim. Yeah, it's like a denim, yes. cute, that we would wear that now. Like, yeah. it's like a, a just a cool oversized denim, you know, shirt over top of, you know, her other clothes. And her hair looks great. Like, she just looks like a cool yeah. single mom. She's got a lip. She's got a full lip. She's got lip. a little lip on. Yeah, she looks fresh-faced. She looks great in that scene. Yeah. So I'm really glad yeah. to hear you say that about Joyce because I feel the same way about that scene. Mm-hmm. I feel like the writers decided that Joyce was going to be in season two. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she came in, had a little character thing. Yeah. First one. Yeah. Yeah. First real, like, lasting impression. And then she just looked cooler. She just, you know. Yeah. Make her cool mom, like a cool working mom who's at a gallery who, like, has friends in a life of her own. Like, yeah. make make Joyce that. Because uh, that's sort of where, where it should go, I think. So we're going to see in season two. We are. And then the dress. The white sprinkling wedding virgin baptismal dress. Yes, it does a lot of things, this <laughs> dress. Don't ever say again that a white dress isn't, you know, multi-whateverable. Did I say that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, you didn't. I don't know what it is. It's like this virginal thing. Yeah. I mean, it is. It is this virginal thing. I don't think spring flings are going to be full of girls in white dresses. I mean, it's a buffy color. She loves white. She loves baby blues and pinks. And she's very, it's a very feminine, you know, color. Yeah. But so I don't know, like, I think it's white for all of the reasons you just cited. It serves everybody's purpose to have her in white well and everyone white is such a like everyone looks at you when you're wearing white it's i when i was getting married like i told someone i might not wear a white wedding dress because i wasn't that into white and they were like but 
you wear it so everyone can see you at all times at your wedding. And I was like, is that why you wear it? But I guess so. Like, could be part of the reason. I did end up wearing a white dress because it's really but hard to. But you had a to, fucking but... purple crinoline. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I had to have some purple in there. <laughs> but uh, this dress, I mean, it's perfect. It's, yeah. it's perfect. And the most perfect part is that she puts her leather Black. angel jo- jacket on over yes. top. It's Angel's jacket, right? Yes. And it's black and it's cool. And pairing a black leather jacket with like a really feminine dress is just so cool. Yeah. Well, and she's, what are those colors? What are black and white? Mm -hmm. They are. Good and evil. Yeah. Leather. What is the leather leather daddy? Yeah. Wearing. Leather daddy wearing. You know, she's got a foot in both worlds. Absolutely. Yeah. That is what this outfit is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she wears her big cross. It looks cool. She looks very like. Rock, rock and roll. Yes. Yeah. Rock and roll prom. It's excellent. Yeah. Uh, very good choice. But I'm sure it was deliberated. Like, what? what is she going to wear? 100%. Yeah. And black and white are a theme that... Angel's wearing black and white, too. Exactly. He's got, like, a crisp white shirt on. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we are talking about the good, like, we're literally in fashion talking about the relationship between good and evil mm-hmm. and how they don't exist without each other. Yeah. And Willow has pigtails on again and a green fuzzy shirt. <laughs> Ooh, it's bad. Ooh, it's like, yeah. <laughs> this is when she discovers all the dead bodies. So she just really looks like a child. Mm-hmm. And she cries her little tears and... It's baby Willow. <laughs> it is. It's so cute, but it's an awful shirt. It's so cute, but it's fashion fail. Faux pas. And it's paired <laughs> with like a floral skirt. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Uh, and that's actually all I had. The only other thing is that um, Giles is, is disheveled. And I mean, the clothing tells so much about you and uh, about the characters in this show and uh and everyone's like i've never seen you this is like disheveled before giles mm-hmm. so um that's a little giles fashion totally faux pas and of course of course the master has to come up in his leather oh yes his classic and dominate like, the world yeah and it's like it's like a priest he doesn't have the white collar but it's like high it looks like a priest's Absolutely. And, but it's leather. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great choice for him to have the whole time. Totally. Also, something that needs to be talked about really quick is the fact that we get all this religious talk from the master, but we don't talk about the end of the world necessarily being the devil. We talk about being the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. We don't... So, so we... That's where the, 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 the really, really, truly serious religious terminology kind of stops. And, and Joss Whedon makes it his own world. Apocalypse is totally a religious thing. Yeah. You know, the, the bringers of the apocalypse, yada, yada. But they're not bringing Satan or the devil into it. Like, they sort of allude. They say um, the anointed is going to lead Buffy to hell. Yeah. So hell is real. The hell mouth is real. Yeah. But it's, it's an atheist hell. Well, and hell is in your... In your mind, like it's like it's psychological hell. It's, yeah, it's what are you scared most scared of? That's that's hell. But and and hell isn't somewhere you are transported and it's fire and brimstone. Hell is brought on earth, mm-hmm. just like you said, birthed from the earth. Mm-hmm. So so there's just a lot of really fantastic 
um, familiarity that we have with apocalypse, yada, yada, but then they make it their own. Yeah. And they really show us what that means in this episode, finally. Mm-hmm. How the Hellmouth works. Sure, there's still lots of questions and who knows what it's going to get up to in season two and <laughs> season three and whatever. But you actually see how it works finally and truly. Yeah. And it isn't it isn't fire and brimstone. It's just a fucking horrible collection of monsters there to ruin your high school. Like, <laughs> it's so <laughs> to good. scare you. It's the yeah. fear. It's the fear. Yeah. Okay. G. Favorite lines? What's your favorite line? I have many. So, I wrote a couple, too. <laughs> so I, I've always loved that you still don't understand your part in this. You are not the hunter. You're the lamb. Mm-hmm. Like, I think about that a lot in my life. Um, when, that you are not the hunter, you are the lamb? Like, when people tell me you don't, like, when I feel like I'm being told you don't understand your role, um, you don't belong here, you belong here. I feel very resistant to that kind of uh, r- oppression, I guess. Um, so I love that line. I love that line a lot mm-hmm. because it reminds me, I, it totally reminds me, I, I feel like I have like a little rebirth moment and I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I am the hunter, bitch. Yes, I am the hunter, bitch. And if I'm going to make mistakes as the hunter, I'm going to make mistakes as the hunter. But I'm not going to live my life as a lamb. I'm not your prophecy girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I love that line because it's sort of like a bit of a life mantra for me. Um, I may be dead, but I'm still pretty, which is more than I can say for you, is like one of the most amazing lines ever. And then she, you know goes for the jugular even more by giving him the by calling him fruit punch mouth <laughs> i love i love when miss calendar says i would say the end is pretty seriously nigh like when she's talking <laughs> about all the signs <sighs> oh when i i i really like when xander says uh when he's having the conversation with buffy and Xander says, well, Willow's not looking to date you. Or if she is, she's playing it pretty close to the chest. <laughs> like, it's like, it's so such a cute. good, I'm I'm still willing, I'm still willing to hope that you're going to say something else. So I'm going to make this joke because I'm Xander and I make these jokes. Mm-hmm. And even when he's in pain, he's still, his sense of humor is still fucking amazing. Yeah. I love those ones. What about you? <laughs> Well, we mentioned it in the episode, but I love when Xander says, just going to go home, lie down, and listen to country music, <laughs> the music of pain. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Oh, my I God. love Xander. Oh, Xander, another Xander, I told you to eat before we left <laughs> to the angel. Because <laughs> he's like, you're looking at my neck. <laughs> that is... I, uh, love, I love that Xander's like still like, you're a vampire dude, and like that's fucked up. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I can't treat you like you're normal like everybody else can. You're a fucking 240-year-old vampire. Yeah. You're scary. And then Cordelia, see how you like it. Bites him. (laughs) Everyone was excellent in this episode. Yeah. Truly. Yeah, truly. Mm -hmm. It was a great season finale. It was. And you're so right. It really is about – it it is about the master, but this season finale is really about – the group of Scoobies growing, Buffy challenging her own idea or the world's idea of her role mm-hmm. and of her destiny. It's about people getting their heart broken 
Like, Xander gets his heart broken, Buffy gets her heart broken, Willow gets her heart broken, mm-hmm. Giles gets his heart broken. Mm-hmm. It really is about that. Like... And trust. Yeah. And, like, who do you trust and how do you trust? Yeah. And, and in the end, it's your friends and your your family that that you trust the most and that will, will save you yeah. from the hellmouth. <laughs> oh, my God. From high school. From high school. I know. <laughs> I know. So this is not the last episode in this season. No, no, no. We are going to have one more episode uh, in this season, which will come at you next week. We are going to wrap it up. We are going to have some trivia. We are going to make season two predictions. Well, Marley is, and I'm going to sit and twiddle my thumbs (laughs) and not say anything. (laughs) On a very special season one wrap-up episode. And we'll post that trivia to Instagram. Yes. So that you can participate. Well, thank you for joining us for this season finale. We love you. Uh, we love you. If you have any other comments on this episode, uh, go to my best friend thinks she's Buffy on Instagram, or you can email us at my best friend thinks she's Buffy at gmail.com. We have had several applications for guests uh, starring <laughs> on the podcast, so we're going to sort through those and get back to you, to you ASAP uh, when we can. We have a lot of admin to do, so. Oh, yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see you one more episode next week. Bye. Bye. Arg. Grr. Grr. Arg.